The title of my message today is New Intensity Requires New Action. You know, one time I was involved in a charity bungee jump. Now, I didn't do the bungee jump. Uh, We had somebody in our church uh, in Letchworth who wanted to do a bungee jump. And you know, they were bungee jumping for to pay for everyone to go on an alpha course. And after Easter, I got this idea that we all do perhaps an alpha course together and invite our friends. But that's another story. But he he wanted to pay for everybody's food, everything about it. So he, and he talked to his work colleagues and friends and said, would you help me to do this? And so we arranged this, this huge crane. Uh, on a, on a, it was a Hungry Horse pub. I remember it specifically. I could take you to the pub over this car park, and he was going to jump out of this cage and do this bungee jump, and people had sponsored him, and it was kind of become a bit of an event. Even the, the, I think the local newspaper picked up on it. And so we went up, and I was the camera person uh, to take uh, pictures. Wise move by the pastor, you might say to yourself. And uh, so I went up in the cage, and it was high. I have to tell you, it was really quite high. And as he went up there, his face became whiter and whiter and more ashen, and he said, I can't do this. And we got hundreds of sponsors, and at that moment, and in that moment of intensity, he just said, Mark, I just cannot do this. Well, what are our assistant ministers for? Because we had an assistant minister who said, you know what, I'll, I'll step in. Thank God for substitutes. We all need a substitute in our lives at times. And uh, he, um, he stepped in, and I re- I've still got the footage somewhere. He jumped out of the bungee jump and bounced along. And I need to let you know that um, I'm not ever going to put any of our assistants in BCC under that pressure, but I was so relieved because we saved all the sponsorship money. We didn't have to give it back, and the whole event worked. But his wife, absolutely, the assistant's wife, tore a strip off me later on and said, why did you let him do that? (laughs) I don't know about you. Have you ever started something and then you thought when you get into it, Oh, man, this is, why did I even start this? I don't know whether you've ever been on a roller coaster at a fairground, you know, and it takes you up to the height, and you get to the height just before the ride begins, and you think to yourself, what was I thinking? In business, there's a thing called an inflection point. And what happens is, is that the business has been growing and growing and growing, And then it gets to a place where unless you make the right decisions, that business is either going to plateau or steadily decline. There's some things about that in our spiritual life. There's some things like that in our church life. There are moments in many walks of life where in the pressure moment, in the moment where things change and become more intense, we have to make the right decisions. Otherwise, we'll either bail out or things will steadily decline. 
in our journey through Nehemiah, chapter 4 is one such moment where things become more intense, the opposition grows even further, and Nehemiah has a, a choice. He can either carry on doing the same things, or he can bail and say, this is too much hassle. I've got a job with the king. I could go back and be a cupbearer. Or he could do the same things up to now and possibly fail. He has got a choice to make. Look at verse 7, that all the people, Sambalat, Tobiah, and all the people heard that they were repairing the walls. And the phrase is this, the gaps were being closed and they were very angry. In the Hebrew, the words and the phrase very angry means glowing hot. It means that their intensity now and their opposition and the things coming against this project were upper level. And there's the choice. In this moment, Nehemiah can cave or he can save. He can decide, I've got to push through or I'm going to give up. And I just think that that's where we are in this season during this pandemic, during this time of, of uh, virtual and dispersed church. It's crucial now that we decide to push through, to carry on. And what we decide now will be crucial of how well we go on through this season. It, there may be a crucial inflection point in your life, in your business, in your spirituality. Like Jen said earlier, Jen came to a point where she said, you know, I, am I really a Christian? Is this really working for me? And she came to a point where she had to reassess and make some new decisions. That's where we are, church. What will you do? What will you do this week? Will you give up and go back? Will you say to yourself, oh, I'm just going to try harder, doing the same things that aren't really working? Or can you change your plans, meet the new challenge, become more intense in the way that you face things and come through it? You see, new intensity requires new action. I'm going to give you four new actions in a few moments, but the type of intensity that grew around Nehemiah, it, it reminds me of this season that we're in. There are kind of four things that, that are spoken over him. Uh, number one was, there's opposition from all sides. Look at verse 8. They all plotted against him. And, uh, you know, in our thinking today, have you been tempted to say, well, what can go wrong next? What, what will happen next? There seems so much bad news at the minute. What, there'll be something else. A second thought that came around Nehemiah was discouragement from his own people. Did you notice in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10, it says, the people of Judah said, look, the strength of the laborers is, is wearing out. It was his own people. And sometimes there are some people in the church who are feeling down and can 
even put on the live feed or, or you know, just say, oh, this is hard. I'm not sure we can do this. Have you had those thoughts? The third intense thought came with this fear of the unknown. Look at verse 11. All our enemies said, before they know it, they, they, they won't see us coming up on them. We'll be right there amongst them. We'll kill them. And, that be, and that'll be an end of the work. And it'll be like, before we know it, it'll be on top of us. This, this fear of the unknown. There's a thought right now in our culture that there's a creeping thing out there and somebody could be struck down at any moment. And I know that's a real issue. But if we allow the fear of the unknown to cloud our thinking, it, it will get into our spirit. So I want to say to you, there are very similar thoughts around the Nehemiah project that there are in our culture today. And the last thought that came was this fear of calamity, that are we ever going to get out of this? Look at verse 12. The Jews who lived near them came over and told us ten times over, wherever you will turn, they will attack us. And that's a bit like what it's feeling like at the moment is wherever we turn, there's something going on. When is this season going to be over? Given this situation for Nehemiah, I wonder if it's similar to today with some of these intense thoughts. Now, I want to say to you, I know we're going to get through this season. I have it in my spirit. I, I just believe it that God has, is shaping us and molding us. But in this intensity of this season, I want you to see what Nehemiah did. And actually, I'm going to call you to do something that you perhaps haven't been doing so that your spiritual armor and protection can go up in this season. First thing that Nehemiah did, I, I mentioned it Tuesday night in the prayer meeting, he got back up. Look at verse 13. Therefore, I stationed people behind the lowest parts of the wall and the exposed places. I posted them by families with their swords and their spears. The, there were people working. He got people behind them, backing them up. And I want to say to you today, as a person, as a, a Christian, who is backing you up? Now, married couples, I know that you say, well, my wife prays for me and I pray for my wife, but can I get you to think intentionally about saying to your wife, to your husband, let's sit down and actually not assume that we're praying for each other, but we actually pray for each other. And that we, we get some backup. And that actually as a married couple, you might want to call another couple and say, will you be my backup partner? Come on, all around the city, I want you to be texting somebody. Uh, and even during this message, I don't mind. And say, will you be my backup? You see, it's okay to admit our weakness. It's just dangerous to deny it or ignore it. That's what Nehemiah did. He said, man, there are some exposed places in this wall. There are some things that are only half built. I'm getting back up in those gaps. Get some people to close the gaps around your life. 
praying for you in a fresh way so that, so that you so that the intensity of this season calls for fresh backup i want to say to any teenager listening who's praying for you who are you praying for who is your backup and i want to actually say don't look to familiar people actually why don't you call somebody fresh and say would you be my prayer backup the first thing that nehemiah did is he got back up. Who's watching your back in the spirit? The second thing that Nehemiah did was he renewed his mind in how great the Lord was. In amongst all these thoughts of, wow, there's something out there that could, could get me. There's, I don't know what's going to happen next. He stopped and said this. Look at verse 14. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Now, you have to wash your mind. This is done by washing your mind in the largeness of God rather than the situation. What a great word by, by Coyote today to say, look, COVID will not have the last say on the church. It will not. It will not because God is great and awesome and he's bigger than anything that could ever come against us. Somebody put an amen out there. You know, wash your mind in the largeness of God rather than in the, in the difficulty of this season. We're not denying any reality, but we are seeing the reality of God. My friend Mark Pugh down at Rediscover Church, he's preaching on the second coming of Jesus today, and we were chatting about it. And you know, I said to him, Mark, some events are so huge they are always near the lord is near because he's so huge he casts his shadow over everything that's going on in your life and you know what his shadow is light it's love it's a cloak of blessing and protection john chapter 4 verse 4, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4, you know it. He who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Look, the way that you make your Lord, the Lord large in your mind, it's a two-pronged approach. Number one, deal with your fear. Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of them. Get to the root and the reason why you are afraid. You, you might be saying, Lord, my children, it just seems like they'll never go back to school. Tell the Lord that. Tell the reason to the Lord. Say to the Lord, this is why I'm afraid, Lord. This will never work out, Lord. I will always be alone, Lord. Tell the Lord the root cause of your fear. Give it to him. If you don't give it to him, he can't minister back to you about it. If you're holding on to it, he wants to prize your hands open and say, let me have that. And I can speak back to you about it. The first way you make the Lord big in your mind is to give him the root of your fear. Speak it to him. Just tell it to him. You'll be amazed what comes back. And the second thing is, make God big in your conscience. God is massive. He's big. There is nothing beyond him. He knows your most intimate whisper. 
and he knows the biggest thing going on in your life. The third thing that Nehemiah did was say to the people, remember what is precious. Look at verse 14. He said, fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember what you stand for. BCC, remember what sort of church you are. Remember what person you are. Remember that we belong to Christ. Remember why we are doing what we're doing. But BCC, I want to say to you, if you give up, why don't you remember who's depending on you? What about your testimony to your teenagers? What about the testimony to your children? What about the testimony to your friends? Remember who's depending on you. Remember how much this city needs a strong, vibrant church. You see, new intensity needs new thinking. Remember your home, your family. Remember the future of this city. Remember all of that and say, you know what? We are not going to let church drop or we're not going to give up. The first thing that Nehemiah did is he said, he said to them, he said, get some backup. The second thing that he, that he said to them was, make God large in your thinking. The third thing that he said is, look, don't forget what's precious. But the fourth thing that he did was, is he, set, he posted people with armor on. And I want to say to you, in this last phase of this intense season, be much more intentional about your spiritual health and protection. Equip yourself with the spiritual armor. In verse 15, it says, from that day on, from that day on, the day when the intensity came, Half the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears and swords and bows and armor. From that moment, they said, we need better equipment. Natasha read for us earlier, finally be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the enemy's schemes. There is no doubt that this season that the enemy wants to come in, discourage you, and have schemes against you and in your isolation or in your uh, heart, different ways of working. But now is the time to learn what spiritual armor is. Now's the time to wrap yourself in truth rather than theories. It's a belt around you. Now is the time to have a breastplate 
breastplate of righteousness to keep going back to your standing in Christ. That no matter whatever accusation comes against you, that you say, I'm standing and Christ is my identity over my heart. I'm giving you a quick overview here. Now's the time to have the willingness to share and to serve. That's what we put on our feet, our shoes, our spiritual armor is this willingness to be able to serve. You see, in lockdown, we've had things handed to us, but a day is coming when you're going to need to be able to say, can I serve again? Can I do things again? I'm sure that you're serving already, but whenever an opportunity comes to serve and to share, that is a protection for you. Our shield of faith is that what I preached last week. Pray the opposite to what's going on. Think and pray opposite, looking to God, not to the voice of the attack. You see, your faith shield quenches the voice of the attack or the darts of the enemy. Pray the opposite and say, well, if I'm lacking in this area, I pray God's abundance in this area. The helmet of salvation is having this mindset that we are saved. When all is said and done, we are saved. And we stand in that salvation. And the sword of the Spirit is that now word of God. This week... I wonder if you could ask God for a now word. I, I did this little thing to our BCC team on Friday, on, on Thursday. And I just felt, I was making some other videos, and I just felt that I should uh, kind of make a film just for the BCC team and uh, to say, expect some unexpected blessings. I just felt it in my spirit. Within 24 hours, we'd had at least three people on the team, and some people who perhaps haven't even reported say, hey, this happened to me that was unexpected. You see, it was a now word of the Spirit into my spirit. I wonder if you can ask God and say, well, God, I want to hear what you're saying. You see, in this time of the intensity against us, we need new behaviors. We need a fresh calling to say, I'm going to do some different things to stave off this present darkness. Do you remember Jesus? He, he told that uh, parable of when a house is swept clean. He said that when, when I've sorted things out, then, then sometimes the intensity of spiritual attack comes even more on that house. I want to say to you, that's what we're going through right now. Sure, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We can see all of that. But let's understand we are in the second wave of this attack. We are in that intense time where we have to stand firm and maybe not just do what we've done so far, but begin to bring ourselves up and say, well, I am going to get a prayer partner. I've never had one before. I am going to reach out to somebody. I am going to say, well, God, I am not going to be such a negative thinker. I'm going to be thinking of how large you are. I'm not denying the difficulties, but I am looking to you, Lord. I am going to think 
think to myself, well, who does depend on me? I can't give up because what will that say to my mother or my children or or my friends? I'm not going to do that. I'm standing in the gap for this city. And I am going to learn the spiritual armor where I'm wrapping myself in truth, standing in Christ, thinking the right things, being willing to share, praying the opposite. Come on, church, let's be people who can stand and know how to use the spiritual armor rather than just reading it in the scriptures. Why don't you put it into practice today? You see, I'm calling you to new behaviors, unity, and backup. As we fight to rebuild out of this season, please just take this message on board today. Don't do the same things this week and say, well, that was a nice sermon. Actually, let's change some behaviors right now. Here are some practical takeaways from this message. Call for backup. Right now, get your phone out, text somebody, and, and do you have a named backup person? Put it on the feed. Will you be my backup? If you can't think of anybody, email into the office and we'll get you some backup. Because do you have a named backup person? Pray intentionally together. Have your own private Zoom or your own WhatsApp or your own phone call where you pray for each other. What Nehemiah did was he stationed people on the wall standing behind the workers saying, I am your backup. I believe that's a word for the Lord. I believe that's a strategy for this closing of this season. I believe that every single person should come out of this season with a prayer partner, with somebody who says, I am your backup. Look at verse 16. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah. I think God's given me a now word for you. You are on your own. You've been battling on your own. You've been doing so well. And God's saying, I want you to get back up. I believe some people need to be especially called to pray for Kathy and I. I believe that we need backup. And so I'm going to be calling some people this week. I'm going to live this sermon. Call for backup. Remember in those police uh, shows where, you know, they're running into a building and they're calling for backup? Who's your backup? I believe that's God's word and God's strategy for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. Another practical takeaway from this uh, message today is don't let your ministry drop. In fact, in Nehemiah 4, verse 15, it says, When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot, that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each one to his work. Did you have a ministry before this season that's dropped off? Why don't you start praying into that, begin to say, You know what? I'm going to return to my work. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm going to be the person that says, My ministry is too precious to let go. And that you give the the Lord notice, Lord, whenever that ministry comes back online, I'm ready to serve it. 
you know, as well as backup and not letting our ministry uh, drop, I want to say there's a really great phrase at the end of this passage, and that's what I want to close with. Nehemiah 4 verse 20 says, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there, and our God will fight for us. We all need to hear the sound of a gathering trumpet of being together, that when we gather in unity and when the time is right, we'll gather here on campus. And when we, when we gather online, we're gathering. But that is a key to this season, not to be individualistic, not to sort of say, well, I'm on my own, uh, but to be the sort of person that says, you know what, I am going to gather when I can, when I hear the trumpet call, when I get the text, when I get the notification, I'm there, I'm logging on. When we get to the time when we say, hey folks, come back on campus, you have already got to decide, decide it now. I'm going to be there to be able to gather together whether we're virtual or whether we're connected or incarnational, let's say I'm together with it. I am wanting to be there. Takeaways from today. Start praying into your ministry. Start saying, you know, I'm going to be the sort of person that I'm together with it. I'm, I'm going to be gathering, whether that's online or or incarnationally, I'm going to be there. Whenever we gather, by the way, we'll be making it absolutely safe for you. And, and if you can't gather uh, with us on campus, make sure that you're gathering online because that's your protection. New intensity calls for new action. They became so angry, they wanted to destroy this project. What did Nehemiah do? He called for backup. And may God large in his mind. He remembered what was precious. And he started equipping himself with the armor. I want to say it one more time. Who prays for you? Why don't you call and ask for that prayer partner right now? Let's sing together, shall we? As we just worship him and, and begin to think, well, how can I act differently for the next phase of this season. This season will close. It may be intense at the moment, but it will close. Why don't you go through it in a different way so that you can come out of it much stronger? Let's sing together, shall we?